while they were filming Court of Force, she was losing weight. So they were filming so much. So they were feeding her things like pizza rolls and stuff to keep her heavy for the video. Are on purpose. This is the story she told. This is from her directly that they were trying to keep her heavy for the video so that way the modifier would look that way. Isn't that crazy? It's so messy. and welcome to the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast and I am your host Cheryl Spears. Each week we'll be sharing stories from people who have had first-hand experiences with MLMs like Beachbody or Body and examine the questionable tactics used by some of the leaders in these companies. Please note that some of the content we cover may be disturbing and we encourage you to check the show notes for disclaimers. Our aim is not to bully or harm anyone, but rather to educate and shed light on the truth. This podcast is not just an anti-MLM podcast. My goal is to help prevent others from falling into the same trap I did being a part of an MLM for eight years. Please keep in mind that the guests on the show are sharing their personal experiences and opinions, and the information provided is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice. If you would like to share your own story, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at callcherylhine at gmail.com. Or feel free to DM me on Instagram at call Cheryl Hine or on my personal Instagram at Cheryl S. Spears. So sit back, relax, and get ready for an eye-opening episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on any of the valuable insights and personal experiences shared by our guests. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Hey fam, this is the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast and I'm your host, Cheryl Spears. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Miss Jeanette Holian and I met her on Instagram and instantly clicked. Welcome Jeanette, how are you doing? Thanks, I'm good. I'm glad it's Saturday. (laughs) Having time off for my like Nine to fives. <laughs> oh, I feel you. I feel you on that. The dreaded corporate world. It's so oh, horrible. It's so terrible. Having a steady income is the worst. Like it's the worst. <laughs> and looking forward to not actually having to do your nine to five work on your days off. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't posted anything on Instagram today and I don't care. So. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of miss those days because now I have the podcast and stuff and I'm like, ah, but crazy thing is that I don't, I guess, how did you get out of the loop of posting every day? We'll just jump into that because I have a problem with it. Yeah. So actually that was part of me trickling out of beach body what, or body, whatever was I got tired of posting and I didn't want to post my son online and I just didn't feel comfortable. And it was in the middle of the pandemic. And I was like, I don't know what to post. (laughs) And I was like, not in a good place with my own body and all of that. And so I just was like, I don't even know what to post anymore. And I felt like for so long, I had just copied what other people posted because that's what you're told to do I didn't know what my own voice was anymore and I just like it all just happened in tandem 
Yeah. So that's interesting. So that'll lead us up to you were obviously a beach body or a body coach. We'll yeah. call it body for the world, but we'll make sure that we put beach body in the caption so everybody yeah. knows is when did you start when did you start with Beachbody I think I should have looked up the actual date I think it was 2014 2015 it was when we moved so we had just bought a house I my background is in higher education administration and so my first couple of professional jobs after grad school was I had to live on campus because I was an on-call person and so this was my like first job that wasn't like a living on campus job. I was working still in higher ed, but in title nine and I, we bought a house, we were moving off campus and we realized that we did not plan correctly for our monthly expenses and had put too much on credit cards with the move and stuff like that. And I was like super stressed out on how we were going to afford to live. And at that point, I had actually already lost a bunch of weight and had been going to the gym. And granted, it was not, that also was not in a healthy way. I was using my fitness pal and was severely under eating and over exercising. If I didn't burn a thousand calories in a workout, I would keep going until I did. And I wasn't eating enough. So like my body was shutting down. Like I was always cold, uh, stuff like that. And, and I didn't know it. But anyway, so I started Beachbody and because I had seen people posting about it on Instagram. Cause at this point it was like 2014, 2015. It was really early on. And the kind of, it was like shortly after 21 day fix had come out and been popular for a little bit, because one of the things that interested me was the color containers. I saw people using the color containers and the woman who wanted to be my coach, I followed her on Instagram and they had just been at summit. Yeah. So I was seeing all of the summit posts and like how much fun it looked like they were having. I think it was in Vegas that year or something. And I, she had a post that was like, you're just going to help people with their fitness journey. And I was like, oh, I already do that. Cause people ask me a lot of questions about what workouts I do and stuff. So that sounds like it'll work for me. Yeah. And yeah. And so that's how I like got into it was just a storm of it. So many things to unpack there. First of yeah. all, my fitness pal thing and not quitting your workout until you hit a thousand calories burned. I, I that on such a deep level because yeah. that when I joined Beachbody with Insanity, that was one of the things that I did too. Oh, I, really? didn't, I didn't do the 21 day fix wasn't out yet. So what I did was I logged everything in my fitness pal. And of course you log the insanity workout. It automatically burns like what, 600 calories or whatever for a workout. And yeah. then I would also walk back and forth to work two miles each way. So that was four miles a day. Oh um, yeah. Then if I still didn't hit a thousand calories gone, then I was either going back out for another walk when I got home from work or doing another insanity workout because those were the DVDs that I had. So yeah. I feel that, and I'm sure other people can too, because coming, when you're in an unhealthy relationship with like food and exercise, you have, and you have no education behind it. You just know what you see everybody else doing. Yeah. Really damage you and you don't even realize it. So when you did join you said that the 21 day fix is what basically got you the color coded containers. Is that what you joined Beachbody with? I actually joined with size. So okay. yeah. So whenever size came out, that was when I joined and which is funny. 
Yeah, because it came out at Summit, and which is funny because I'm not a big dance cardio person. I'm much more of a lifting person, but I just was like, we're just going to try something new. And I had friends who loved it, were interested in it. And it was Shanti, and I, even I knew who Shanti was. And right. At that point, because I hadn't done insanity or anything, but I obviously had seen the infomercials. Yeah. And so I started with size, but I would also go to the gym because I was like, this isn't enough of a workout because I had one of those polar heart rate monitors. Yeah. And that's what I would use to track how many calories I burned. I'm putting it in quotes because it's not that accurate. It's accurate, but it's not accurate. Yeah. And yeah, so if I didn't, so I would make sure to do both. So that way I would yeah. like burn enough so that way I could like eat yeah. and even still not eat enough. You're basically earning your food is what you were doing. Unhealthy relationship with my fitness town working out just carried over into Beachbody. It seems like you were the perfect coach. You were the perfect storm. Yeah. I wanted to make money, right? That was my main goal. So it was like the dream, right? Like I would be my dream customer. You also said that you definitely, that's one of the reasons you joined was to make money. Yeah. Is that something that your coach, when she invited you to it or you reached out to her, was that something that you two talked about? Did you all talk about the money aspect of it? A little bit. Yeah. Like I knew that she did it full time. So the coach that I joined with, she did it full time. And I was like, she can do live in California and do this full time. Like it has to be like pretty like legit. Like it can't be anything super, like it can't be that hard or something. And I remember too, when I was interested in doing it, I Googled, I was like, is Beachbody a pyramid scheme? And those videos come up of Carl being like, it's not a pyramid scheme because blah, 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 blah. And we sell a product. And I was like, oh, that makes logical sense because I wanted it to make sense. And when you Google is Beachbody a pyramid scheme, especially at that time, a lot of blogs come up by coaches because they've messed with the SEO to make sure their stuff comes up. It's not a pyramid scheme. And so I was like, okay, it's not a pyramid scheme. And I was like, I know people who have done insanity and P90X and it can't be that bad. So you joined for, when you joined, did you ask, I love asking people this question because I did not do it, but did you ask about the income closure statement or did, was it given to you? I didn't even know. I didn't even know about it. You find out about it. Whenever we were told that we had to post Beachbody does not guarantee any level of success, blah, 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 if we made an income claim. So it was quite a while before I even really knew about it. The income claim disclosure was not introduced until the like 2016, 2017. Like, I think I was already like diamond by then. So I didn't care anyway. Cause I was like, oh, I'm in this bracket. So I'll make this much. So at moving on, you were down. <laughs> yeah. As you all know my story, I'm a life I'm a lifelong um emerald rank, right? Yeah. How did you so how did you achieve diamond? Like how long did it take you to achieve it? So I actually was different than a lot of people and I did not sign up to family members because I couldn't afford to. And I just I literally did what they tell you to do. And I would post and I would message people who commented on my posts. And because I'd already had a weight loss journey, I already had, listen to me using these words, weight loss journey, but because I'd already lost weight and been posting on social media, I already had a lot of people following me and interested in what I was interested in. So it wasn't too far of a stretch to like recruit people into coaching because I looked like I was succeeding in general. So I I did wind up signing up 
my partner and my mom. And, but that was way later. And what I actually did was I put my partner and then put my mom under my partner. So that way I could make sure that my partner stayed in Emerald at all times. So that had at least one leg for diamond. Yeah. So that was way later though. It was every little piece of that puzzle. I didn't know wasn't really allowed. Yeah. Yeah. With stacking, it wasn't, my husband was always my first coach. I honestly know how we afforded it to be a hundred percent transparent. He was on disability. Mm. I was the only one working full time. I do not know. Like right now, when I think about it now, since my former hun days, I'm like, what? And it makes me sad. What did my kids go without? Because I say something, I wanted to rank advance in Beachbody. And I mean, my kids are older now and one's 18, one's 11. And I asked my 18 year old a lot. I'm like, did you ever feel like you were without anything? younger and he tells me no he might need therapy one day but who doesn't need therapy we all need Um, therapy therapy's good for everyone (laughs) so that's interesting to me so that's good you were basically the dream downline for your coach go ahead no go ahead you go ahead no I was just gonna say and I thrive off of that so I want approval badly and so being the like perfect star student was like it made me want to keep going because I was getting the love bombing recognition of here's the bracelet you get when you turn diamond. Here's rec. I think like the first couple weeks or the, not the first full month I was a coach, my coach ran this thing of based on your PV or based on your volume, you can win like a couple different prizes. And I want a brand new pair of Nike shoes. So yeah. And that was a big deal to me then. So it's like, I kicked it off and was doing well. So then I wanted to keep doing well. And so I just kept doing what I was quote supposed to do. And again, this was still early in the beach body days where it was like easier, so to speak, to recruit because people didn't really know what it was. Yeah. So, and that's what people, I don't think that people realize like when we joined her to now, because yeah. now if you were to Google is Beachbody a pyramid scheme, you're going to find a ton of YouTube videos from the anti-MLM yeah. movement. And you're going to, yeah, those blogs are still there. There's this one coach who, I don't know what she does to the SEO, but she's always at the top of the SEO. For <laughs> free fitness, if you Google anything, her, her blog comes up and I'm just like, how do you get this woman removed? Because it's always yeah. the best blog that co- the best information on Beachbody comes up with her. And then you have to go to the the, the truth, basically. Yeah. What if she pays for it? I don't know. But it's been like that for years because I can remember when I was, because when I was a coach and I was really working for this whole entire diamond thing, when I first joined, there were a lot of things. I created my own website. I was doing my yeah, own me too. blog. And I would use her stuff for inspiration and be like, okay, so what should I share? How should I lay it out? And her Mm -hmm. blog has been up forever. So you also did a website. Why did you do the website? Why would they offer you a website? Yeah. So I've been blogging on and off for a long time. So I just shifted my blog is honestly what it was. And there was also a lot more. So like later, like maybe two years or so in... Yeah, about two years or so in, I my job was cut. They 
totally restructured the human resources department where I was working because my job was in human resources as a hybrid of student affairs and HR, but they wanted to restructure and put in a new position that required you to have a law degree. And I don't have a law degree, which it made sense. Like they yeah. needed somebody that had more experience than I did doing that job, but I was making enough and my partner was making enough that I was able to just not get another job. So oh. I was like, okay, I wasn't making that much, but it was like my partner made enough is really what I was. I probably made a part-time income, which is a lot more than what a lot of people make, but that's what I grossed. That's not what I netted Thanks. after everything was said and done. I don't actually know. I never did a profit and loss statement, but I'm, but I was able to make it on my taxes. So that way, like I didn't need to pay anything, but that may be wrong too. I don't know. <laughs> so don't come well, for me, Ira. But yeah, anyway. don't, don't come for me. <laughs> they, it's not my fault. It's the, our coach's fault that give you the list of things that can be a business, quote unquote, business. Written off. And written yeah. off. It always I, makes I, me think of that scene from Shit's Creek where you, you just write it off. You just write <laughs> it off. Who writes it off? You just write it off. <laughs> you just write it off. Yeah. Yeah. I see that every time I see that scene, because that's one of my favorite shows. Every time I see that scene, I just think, oh my gosh, the poor MLM hunt out there. I know. Don't get it. They just don't The actual get it. MLM episode too is so good because it's like spot on how my hometown was with lip sense. No. So my, yeah, my hometown got super saturated with lip sense. Like everybody was selling it. So I'm like, who are you selling it to? Because <laughs> you're all selling it. So, Each other. Yeah. yeah. The thing, I, and I, have you, oh, so we'll just, don't care. We'll divert to this. Lip yeah. sense. That was probably one of the MLMs that I never joined because I've definitely joined all of them. Yeah. And the reason being is it's expensive to join. You Oh, is it? I had no interest in joining it because I was already in Beachbody. And here's the funny thing. I would see other MLMs and be like, shh, that's a scam. But Beachbody wasn't like, what was wrong? with? What do they tell you that makes you think that way? Listen, I went to multiple MLMs, but when I was yeah. in Beachbody, I was always like, it's superior. It's the superior MLM. Mm -hmm. And then I would come back to Beachbody and I would be like, oh no, don't do It Works. Oh no, don't do Modair. Oh no, don't do Thrive. It, they're all a scam. And I would tell people they're a scam. Yeah. In a scam. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's so crazy. It's just wild. It is very wild. Yeah. I don't know. The brainwashing that they do to you is unreal. So you said that, so after you joined, you became diamond. Did you ever go to any type of retreats or summit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I went to summit the, for, cause you know, I got my free summit ticket and I went to summit and I also went, my coach had a diamond retreat. Cause at that point, I think she had five diamonds, six diamonds. One of them was her mom, which was adorable because <laughs> her mom was just really sweet. But anyway, Aww. so yeah, so we had a diamond retreat in California. We went to like wineries and stuff like that. And honestly, as far as the retreats go, like we had a good time. Like I got along with most of the girls on the team and we didn't have to pay for a lot, which I know is not the case for some diamond retreats. We worked out with, what's her name? The modifier in Court of Force. Oh, you remember her? I don't remember her I name, do, but, I but don't she was her. real popular and she here, this is messed up. This is a story she told us. So while they were filming Court of Force, she was losing weight because they were filming so much. Was it Court of Force? Yeah. 
because they were, because I was like, it wasn't a four, it was quarter four. So they were filming so much. So they were feeding her things like pizza rolls and stuff to keep her heavy for the video on Are... purpose. This is the story she told, this is from her directly, that they were trying to keep her heavy for the video so that way the modifier would look that way. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's so messed up. Like, I can't believe that didn't take me out of it then, hearing that, because now when I think wow. back on it, I'm just like, that is so manipulative. Yes. Savvy Write Books. Have you seen the YouTube video from Savvy Write Books, Writes Books, where she no. interviewed? I'll send it to you and I'll also link it in the podcast description. Yeah. She interviews someone who was in the T25 test group. Oh, wow. That's like forever. And ago. yeah, that was, you have to go. I'm not even going to okay, go. Okay, I will. You have to go watch it because that interview, if, and this is a plea, if she ever listens to this podcast, I would love to interview her because she's anonymous on that YouTube video. Um, yeah. And I would totally keep her anonymous, but she, yeah, she talks about Tanya. She talks about Shanti. Interesting. I'm oh. definitely going to listen to that today while Jensen is taking a nap. Yes. <laughs> That'll be my nap time. I will my nap I'll time send, break. Send it to you when we get off here. But yeah. And okay, I'll perfect. In the show notes. It's some of the stuff that they do. Just the things that we share daily when we show you like the fake before and after pictures. That's not, that doesn't right. even touch what they do to the people that are actually in the test group. And now you just said that are actually in the video. I yeah. like, yeah. What's her new, what's the new token body positivity coach? What's her name? Oh, Lacey. Yeah. Lacey. Is that it? The right. token person that they wanted for their whole health esteem vision. I'd like to know what they do if they pressure her. Wow. Yeah. That you just blew my mind. I don't even, I think I just lost I the whole train of thought. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, but, that was on their but on their retreat she told me that and at the time she was actually also working as joel's assistant like virtual assistant so she was helping with lip four but we didn't know that's what it was at the time yeah. so she was like working on that with him and stuff like that so yeah she she had some inside info but nothing else was really juicy or that i can remember that was like the juiciest thing because i rode in the car with her so we yeah. were just like chatting it up <laughs> when we went to lunch I mean, she's really nice, like nothing against her. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I couldn't believe that, especially wonder, thinking back on it now. I wonder if she's still in Beachbody. I wonder if, I wonder. I don't know. I wish I could remember her name because then I would look her up. I'm sure some, I'm sure someone is yelling at the podcast right now. Like her name is blah, 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 blah. I know. I know. Exactly I know. What it so is. message and us. I'm like, I don't, yeah. Just drop it. <laughs> message us. Um, yeah. So, well, that's interesting. So at the diamond retreat, that sounds like this is the thing, right? And I don't want to yeah. throw shade at people having a diamond retreat with like your friend, because anybody that can go on a retreat and have fun with a bunch of girls, as long as you can get along, that's a yeah. fun time, especially if you're, especially if you're married or with somebody or a mom, like you get a vacation yeah. away from your family. People can get mad all they want, but, and they can say they love their family all they want, but sometimes you do need a little time apart to regroup. Yeah. And we did the photo shoot and stuff. So we felt like pampered because our, because one of the reasons I wanted to go on it so bad was I had seen my coach go on her coach's retreat yeah. and I had missed, so she was allowed to bring one person 
And I had missed going to that because I didn't have my diamond yet because you had to be diamond to get to go with her. And then she was like going to pick from her diamonds. Then I think then it was going to be based on volume or something, but I didn't get to go on that. And I was like, I'm definitely going to go on the one that she has. Like, I'm going to make it to that one. And I did, but it's all that FOMO. FOMO. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Yep. The fear of missing out. And it's the lifestyle that they show you and they share within their team so that they can create that FOMO so that it creates that urgency to be able to build your business. So you went to a diamond retreat and then you also said you went to summit. I'm always intrigued to ask people about how their summit experience was because I could never afford to go. So how was it? So I went to two summits. I went to the one in Nashville and then the one in New Orleans. And then I missed out on the following one because I, that's, I can't remember if I was newly pregnant or I had a miscarriage at that point, but I I had like multiple miscarriages before my son was born. And so through that, I missed out on some of those like beach body events, which honestly, I think is part of how I was able to get out of it was missing out on the events. And so honestly, I think it was a blessing because not to, that might sound messed up to some people, but like I I processed my trauma from that. So yeah, it's like, it kept me out of those things. So that's where it led me. And I really, so in Nashville, I just felt like stressed the whole time. Cause you're just like, at both, cause you're running around to both. And so when I was in Nashville, I made friends with a couple girls who were on my coach's success partners team. And so her name, like, I doesn't matter what her name was, but she and I became close. We wound up being success partners together. And to people who don't know success partner is somebody that basically you're just like pushing each other to your goals. So you're brainwashing each other back and forth. (laughs) And like, you're just kind of, you can do it. Remember, don't give up, keep pushing. Why don't you try this? And we would run like, what's a coach group together and stuff like that. So that way people weren't just seeing the same people all the time. And so she and I hung out a lot. We had a good time and we went to the Billy Idol concert and all that stuff. And then they do a lot of the emotional stuff so that way you feel connected. That was when I think, was that when 80 day obsession? No, that wasn't 80 day obsession. That's when country heat was announced was when we were in Nashville and Mm -hmm. I hated that program so much, but I made myself do it. Yeah. And I just, it just wasn't for me and I didn't have a good dancing space in my house. So it just, it just frustrated me because I felt like I didn't have enough room. Yeah. And then in new Orleans, it was so hot because it's in the summer in a swamp like it's it was so hot and like the you could smell the and I love New Orleans this is nothing against New Orleans but it was just like there was just because of the areas that you're in for summit it's like you could smell the garbage like you're sweating walking from here to there because everything was so spread out and uh, it was I just remember feeling just so sweaty and so tired during that time and during that summit I had a team and a lot of people on my team came okay, and they actually got upset with me because I wanted to hang out with my friend Kelly, who I like never talked to or saw because she was my success partner and it wound up causing like some tension and drama in my team, which I think also, yeah, I know because I didn't hang out with them enough, which I should have hung out with them more, but I also, I talked to them all the time and I wanted to hang out with the people I don't see. So yeah, it was, yeah, it was not good. I was trying to be too cool, I think too. And that was right before I hit success club all-star. So I was like, I remember I was real miffed because I didn't get to sit on the floor in the all-star seats. Cause I wouldn't hit all-star like until next month. 
oh. because that's the two years, right? Is the all-star one. So I was going to hit it the next month. So I didn't get to sit on the floor and I was okay. Like really? So you, but so you wouldn't hang. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. Mm -hmm. Right. So your team yeah. came. They wanted to hang out with me. I was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I know and, and I did some but like when we would meet up for lunch I would meet up with my other friends sometimes yeah. yeah yeah and like I know a lot of people in I knew a lot of people in Beachbody too because I was also involved in market council like our local market council so I'd want to see some of those other people too and I was just being really social and I wasn't organizing things for our team because my coach was organizing things yeah. for the whole team so I didn't feel like I had to and like in hindsight like I should have planned things for them because, but I was so focused on like myself and being an asshole. Popular. That I, yeah. Sorry that I'm saying these words. I don't know if I'm allowed, but you're okay. So that way, okay. Yeah. So that way, yeah. Popular basically that it was like, I didn't, I wasn't hanging out with them enough. I would sit with them at like sessions and stuff like that, but yeah. And I didn't organize like, like what I should have done was been like, what like morning workout do you guys want to go to? And we could have all gone to one together instead of just going to the ones that I wanted to go to. Things yeah. like that. Yeah, no, I de it definitely was on me. Yeah, your poor team. Are you still friends with anybody from your former team? Um, some people I still talk to a little bit. And one girl I've apologized to specifically because we still talk and she's, I don't blame you for anything. She's gonna, I, she's gonna, I'm not negative about my time there because I did learn things and stuff like that. But it's, I'm honestly just like embarrassed. Like I feel bad that like I got them into it, but at the same time when I left, they were still enjoying it. So I'm not good. Yeah. So I didn't want to be like, Hey, sorry, I got you into this thing that you enjoy. And there's yeah. a lot of things. And I'm sure people will probably think this is crazy coming for me, but there are a lot of things that you do learn when you are within a, within an MLM. Okay. Yeah. You do learn like social media. You do learn, you do learn some business aspects, but it's not stuff that they teach you. It is stuff that you learn on your own. That's yes. something that people have to understand. So when we think about, we're not trying to say that every time, the things that were negative about our times in Beachbody are the manipulation that we went through, the issues. Some people have issues with working out and nutrition. Yeah. I have issues with trusting people that I meet online. Like, yeah. I don't trust yeah. I don't try to, I'm sure that a lot of people whenever, and I've said this before, whenever I'm having a conversation with someone in my DMs, like I'm very short about it because I'm just like, A, I have a lot of things. When are you going to ask me to buy stuff? Yes. And I also don't want them to think that I'm just talking to them for them to buy something from me. So yeah, I get like that too. Yeah. Where I think people think I'm talking to them because I want them to buy something and that's not it at all. I'm not even, I do sell candles, but I, like, it's like now I make candles. I'm in a candle business, but I'm not, I don't yes. reach out to people to get them to buy my candles. Like because I just people, talk to people. Because when we were, and I don't know about you, but when I was in, the only reason that I would be having a conversation with you is because you're a potential customer or a potential coach. Yep. And, and you just, you do have your own candle business and I have my own digital planner business. And then I have this podcast thing. And so I just now started sharing my digital planner stuff because I was like, I do make these and they're actually pretty cool. So yeah, I'll sharing them. but now that I'm sharing them, I'm scared that people are thinking I'm coming in their inbox 
just to buy a damn digital planner. And no, I mean, the thing is I can sit here and tell you, no, nobody's thinking that, but then I do the same thing. So <laughs> nobody's thinking that Jeanette, nobody's thinking that. So we'll yeah. just tell each other. I back know. Yeah. <laughs> all in all, it sounded like you were a pretty successful coach on paper. Did you, yeah. so going into, so after all of those and towards your ending time of Beachbody, what red flags did you start to see that started to make you question being a Beachbody coach? Yeah, part of it was, and I think Megan talked about this on her episode, like I started doing social team builder as well and was spending a lot of money doing that. I had done some of the Josh Coates groups, yeah. which is super ick. And I think that doing some of those things started to make me realize that like, I'm doing all these things and I'm still struggling to recruit because it was so easy for me at the beginning. It felt so hard when it slowed down. Yeah. And I honestly, I think the biggest thing was the first month that I missed success club. And so that was after two years of hitting success club every month. And then I missed it. And I was like, huh. The world didn't end. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah. And I went on some of the trips and stuff like that, like the success club trips and stuff like that. And I was like, maybe I will make it to the trip. Maybe I won't make it to the trip. And so it's just, it just started to come apart. And I had started working with some different quote, like business coaches online that made me start to think maybe I should diversify and have Beachbody as something, but do other things as well, which also... Yeah. I think that those business coaches are a scam, but that can yeah. be a whole nother podcast because they're telling you to do things that you're not qualified to do. And you believe them because you're paying them all this money to coach you to do them. And so that's part of why I had a website and stuff like that. I, try, I think I made like three YouTube videos because I thought I needed to do YouTube. I did Amanda Bucci's Influencer Academy, which was like $6,000. It was so, what? I spent so, yes. Yep. I spent a lot of money on that and didn't really get anything out of it. Yeah. I, I didn't get any followers, nothing like that out of it. And then I did, I worked, this one was inexpensive, but I worked with Jamie King. She's the sleigh coach. She has like the purple hair. So I worked with her early, early on when she was like inexpensive. And, but so I wasted all this money on that stuff and I didn't want to put the business out of it or money out of it or anything like that. It's just, it's more mindset manipulation of things. Write a check and put it on the wall that you're going to make that much money and you're going to cash it into yourself and stuff like that. So I think just all those things started to desensitize me to that type of language and those types of things and made me wake up to what I was spending money on and what I was doing and that it wasn't, I wasn't going to be successful at this because it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I can relate to you and that can be a whole other podcast and maybe we will yeah. have podcast about it because I think that it is very important that people understand that these business coaches that sell things online should not be it's the same as an MLM scam it's a scam yep I invested in so many people when I the last year that I was a coach as well just yeah. because I was also trying because I wasn't successful I could not get past right. it and the market was saturated at this point because, and they can say it's not saturated as much as they want, but it's, it was saturated. It now that I realize it, the anti MLM movement started the last 
like around 2019 around 2019 is when they started to really come in and yeah it could be earlier than that but that's when about 2019 to 2021 were the first the last two years that I was a coach that I went completely in and bought business courses from people online body positive badass even bought a course I'm not going to mention the name of it because I don't want to be disrespectful to the person, but I just believe that it's a lot of regurgitated. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's how they all are. I think. Yeah. Learn and within an MLM. And I think it's a way like a lot of these business coaches, it's basically a way for you to, they are the MLM. Yes, exactly. They're the, they are the only tip of the pyramid and everybody's just paying up to them and to get nothing out of it because you're not getting a product you're not getting a guarantee of making an income you're not getting anything nothing at all and so I will say that is a whole nother thing that we do need I do need to do a deep dive on because those yeah and I don't really do deep dives I just really have conversations with people because the deep dive part is not that is not my expertise my brain will not yeah. focus long enough for a deep dive on it. No, I'm the same. It's the ADHD. It's like, I can't, if, unless I'm hyper-focused on it, I'm not yeah. going to do a deep dive on it and waiting for myself to be hyper-focused on the right topic. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. and that's why uh, well, that leads us, leads me into, into that as well. Do you think, and I think that this has already been answered before. Do you think that you have an ADHD really contributed to you joining an Oh yeah, because it gave me something to hyper-focus on for sure. And it wasn't, I wasn't diagnosed then with it. And so I didn't know, but I think that it led to a lot of like my, like a lot of the stress that I didn't have to have. And I think that like one of the things with ADHD is rejection sensitivity. And so I would send messages and then hold my breath. And I still like stress out about sending people messages and emails and stuff like that now because of my rejection sensitivity. And I think that a lot of the people who are successful don't have that. They don't care if they are rejected or not. I did care. I just, I was, I had the experience that I had because I already was in a tinier body and because of the timing of when I joined and it wasn't like the best time to join, but it wasn't like, it was not a bad time to join either. Yeah. That it has nothing to do with your work ethic. It does. If you have ethics, then you're not going to be successful is what it comes down to. But that's, I'm not saying in my opinion, I'm not saying that people who are successful are unethical, but I don't think that you can be and not, and do everything ethically. In, a, in an MLM. I agree. Uh, it, yeah. In my opinion, I agree 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, and it's true. And I often think about that. Ever since I, I did, like I said at the beginning, ever since I listened to your podcast, I was th- I had been thinking about that because I'm like, there's no way that anybody, and, there, and because ADHD is being catchy right now, you'll see a lot yeah. of posts try to capitalize off of it. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, but how do you stay focused long enough to be able, yeah, you might be hyper-focused on sending out messages, but you're going to have that rejection activity because I know I had it as well. You're right. For me, when I was a coach, I was always hyper-focused on the aesthetics and the posting part, not the same. Yeah the messages or anything like that so if I could create 
just still the same for me this to this day. The only thing that's different is I actually enjoy my podcast, but I can sit down and I can create content. Literally, I sat here yesterday and cleaned out my entire Canva from the past eight years because it oh, was geez. organized mess. And yeah, I was like, maybe I'll save this post so I can roast myself. And I'm like, no, I am 100% sure that post is somewhere on Facebook or Instagram. So I don't need to save it in Canva. My goodness. So after you, so you realize that you had ADHD now and you can realize some of the things that you went through when you were a coach. Yeah. One of the things that you told me before we got on was towards the end of your coaching period, you started to just back away from the posting every day. So that's something that I would yeah. like to share with the community, my podcast community, because there are a lot of people out there that have <clears throat> issues with, I don't know, just showing up on social media because they don't just yeah. like we talked about, we don't want people to think that we're trying to sell them something. Or right. there's people that just post every day, like I do, because I feel if I don't post every day, I still have the trauma from it. Then yeah. people aren't going to like me. So yeah. how did you start backing away from that? It wasn't necessarily conscious. It was more just like, I burnt out from it, I think is what it was. And I was tired of having to do three posts a day and post it on Facebook and post it on Instagram and come up with the captions because I didn't like just copying and pasting what other people said. I would take their ideas, but I wanted to do, I wanted it in my own voice and my own words. Cause like, I'm a pretty good writer. Like I was an English major. That's what I did. I won awards for like baby awards, but awards for writing, like things like that. So I liked to do the writing part. And so I didn't want to just copy and paste. <clears throat> and I think, sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> I think I just burnt out from it. And again, I also, I had recently had my son, I think he was like a year old at this point. And like, I didn't want to share him on social media, like how you see a lot of coaches do. And yeah. I just didn't know how to continue to share my life without sharing him. And what's funny was I always thought I would be more successful once I had a kid because a lot of these quote successful coaches are parents and they post about their kids. But and then they I pop, got they pop yeah. kids out like left and right. And they make their kids their content, but that's a whole yeah. other thing that I talked about as well. But that really makes me mad. And I think it's really unsafe. But anyway, <laughs> I just I got more protective actually and just didn't want to share him as much over time. So at first I was sharing him a little bit. And then I was like, I just, I don't feel right about this. And, no. and at the same time as that, I had just done 80 day obsession finally, because I couldn't do it before. Cause I kept, I was going through my losses. So I kept getting pregnant. And so then I couldn't finish it because unlike some coaches, I actually like to follow the guidelines of the programs because if they exist for a reason, don't do things when you're pregnant, don't work out when you're on the ultimate reset, but people yes. like the rules all the time and it drives me crazy. But I had just had the obsession and I was like, God, autumn is really annoying. I did not realize how much she got on my nerves until I did 80 day obsession and like her weird jokes. And she would do this like fake haha thing. And I'm like, you're being rude to the people in this video. This is yep. weird. I just felt like she was so rude to them and I didn't like it. And then I did, I can't remember if I did 10 rounds before or after 
And then I did, what was the one with Megan Davies with the jump ropes? Yeah. And I did like MBF. I thought that I liked that one, but I decided that I wanted to do that. I wanted to get a Peloton bike. (laughs) And so I got my Peloton bike and I was like, Oh, I'll do it with the body workout. Then, and at the time they were still beach body. Then I started doing the Peloton strength workouts. And I was like, these are so much better. Like yeah. I did a 45 minute boot camp with Tune Day. And I, at that time, I was like, this is the hardest workout I've ever done. Body wishes. I was like, these yes. are so good. And they were hard, but uplifting. I wasn't like annoyed with what they were saying. I wasn't getting told after every workout to buy Shakeology. I wasn't getting told after every workout to eat my containers. You know what I mean? It was just such a breath of fresh air. Peloton has got to sponsor this podcast. Like I'm how- <laughs> telling you, listen, and the crazy thing is that with Peloton, they talk, the the people, the trainers talk all the time. They talk the entire time that you're yeah. working out, but you never feel irritated with them. And I can so relate to you with Autumn and 80 Day Obsession. I think I did 80 Day Obsession. I did not finish it because I ended up having to get my gallbladder taken out. Oh, and wow, then yeah. during that, while I was doing it, I was like, I don't like this program. I don't like anything about it. But also in my brain, I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting a good enough workout because I'm not sweating hard enough. So yeah, then she came out with control, nine-week control freak. And I yeah. did that program from the beginning to the end. Okay. And the entire time, this is where it started sticking in my brain about autumn. My husband, I would be screaming at the TV. I would be like, stop talking. And my husband would be like, just put headphones in and listen to music. And I was like, yeah, but then I I can't hear the cues. So then that's when I got Peloton. I got a 30 day trial and I started doing the weightlifting and there was music and the people were talking, but they were good music. And I was like, just like you, I was like, holy shit. This, the, what is going on? So you started doing the Peloton workouts. And so that, how did you, so how long did it take you to cancel Beachbody? Not even a month. Like I was like, I'm done. Like, I, and it was right around when nine week control freak was coming out and yeah. they were doing all the yelling about buying the track for the wall. Yes. And I was like, I don't like this. It just yeah. clicked. I was like, I don't like this. And so like, at first I was just going to, oh, I'm going to, it went from, I'm going to still keep my BOD subscription. Cause I have it till March. Cause this was in like November ish. So I was like, I'm going to keep my BOD subscription. Cause I have it till March and I'll stay a coach, but I'm not going to buy Shakeology anymore. And I was like, I'm still going to buy Energize. And then I was like, no. So then I decided to try Alani news pre-workout, which I absolutely love. And so I've been using that ever since like I left Beachbody. I think it tastes better than Energize and it's cheaper than Energize and it works just as it works better in my opinion. Yeah. Is that drink Alani new? Yeah. They can swap me too. Mine is my favorite is the Hawaiian shaved ice. That's my yeah. favorite flavor. And I use their peach rings, BCAAs. Yeah. I just, it just all happened in like a tumble effect and yeah. they didn't do themselves any favors with what was going on in the background. And I remember too, around that time I joined and no, I didn't join, but I was on like the super Saturday. They were doing it like virtually. Cause this was like 2020. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> and I remember joining it and just be like, not being engaged in it at all. And being frustrated with some of the things that were said. I 
I can't remember what it was, but I remember being like, okay. And I had also, oh, and I did try to be mindset too, like for longer ago. And I think they were doing more with to be mindset at that time too. And I was just like, I just can't anymore. This is, it's not right for me. And part of it too was after my son was born and I was nursing, I had a really hard time losing weight. If I did anything to cut my calories, my milk supply would plummet. And so I just stopped worrying about it. And so because I wasn't losing weight, it was a lot harder to do anything coaching wise. And so I decided just to focus on exercising and not worrying about like weight loss or anything like that, which is what I did with Beachbody. It took me like, I think forever to complete what the 100 meltdown program, because like I was still nursing and I was working full time and all of that. And I, and also I really liked my full-time job. And I think that helped too, because I wasn't like, I still hate my job. So it was just a perfect storm that led to everything. And that's the thing that taught that, that speaks on everything that you just said speaks on all of the, all of the things that they actually pain points that they try to get people to join. Mm -hmm. If you hate your job or you're a nursing, or you want to be a stay at home mom, or you want to lose weight, but you in particular, wasn't worried about any of that stuff because you were focused on how to keep this baby alive and how to stay Mm -hmm. healthy for yourself. Wow. Jeanette, I could literally talk to you all day long, but one thing (laughs) I do want to ask you about, because I just realized I put two and two together actually yesterday when I was scrolling through TikTok, that you were probably one of the first people that I saw on TikTok in the anti-MLM community because you oh, right. actually have a lot of anti-MLM stuff on your TikTok that I don't think people know about. Yeah, um, when, yeah. When, I'm really bad about responding to comments. So, yeah, so same, don't feel bad. How, yeah. how did you find the anti-MLM community and what made you want to start speaking out? Yeah, I think I started seeing the first anti-MLM video I saw was Kiki Chanel on YouTube. And I started watching some of her videos and this was right around the time I was leaving. And I remember watching the one with, I know she doesn't disclose who it is, but Raina Odell's team where they talk about the person with cancer. And I remember seeing that and being like, that is really messed up. And so I watched her videos and then right around when Lulu, what is it? Lula Rich came out. I was, I started listening to Roberta's podcast and it was like, all of that got me into it. And I was like, oh, there's a whole community around this. So I would watch some of the different videos online with Deanna Mims because she does a lot of Beachbody postings because she was a Beachbody coach. I watched some of the CeCe Suarez's videos, Chelsea Suarez, some of those. And then because of the podcast, I had heard about people posting on TikTok. So then I started following people on TikTok and I found you guys on Instagram. And Uh that was really helpful too, because it was nice to have this whole group to see that, oh, it's not just like all these one-offs. I think about it. There are people that are like, I don't want to say community because I know that's like a thing, but there's, there are people with similar thoughts that like have connected online and are sharing about it. And I wanted to share about it because honestly, part of it it was my processing. I was angry and I was angry with myself and that I was seeing picking up on all these things that current coaches were doing that I didn't like about myself when I did them. Yes. And yeah, so it was just a lot of me processing my own 
trauma, honestly, and talking about the things that I was learning. Hey, you know what? Beachbody says this, and that's not so great because blah, 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 blah. And I don't post on TikTok as much anymore just because, and it has nothing to do with it. It's really just because I don't have to. I think the last thing I posted was when those mixed bikes were being recorded recall and yeah and I, like I said I don't I try to respond to comments but I've gotten some like bratty ones lately so I haven't been paying as much attention because I try to like pay, not give those energy but again rejection sensitivities I had to stop I that's part of the reason why I'm really bad with dms because and and comments I don't look at my podcast reviews anymore I have yeah. my husband look at them uh, and or I have other people look at them and tell me if I should go yeah. because it's the rejection yeah. sensitivity. And it's the fact of the matter that some people, especially in like, when we're speaking, when you're speaking the truth about what's really going on and like trying to share, like what really happens and what people really mean when they're trying to sell you something, when it comes to an MLM, people don't like it very well. So yeah. we will definitely, if you don't, if you want to, I would love to have you on again to talk to you about your the business coaches and just go through Oh yeah, that. let's do it for sure. Also just anything that we, do you think that we, how do you feel? Is there anything that you wanted to share today that maybe you didn't get to share? You have notes. I'm checking. I'm checking. <laughs> I do yeah, not. Do I think that. we went, I think we went over all of it. <laughs> it's just, it's literally just like, Recognition, 2020, Josh Coates, social team builder. Like it's all these things I would think about like in the shower or something. I was like, don't forget to talk about this. Don't forget to talk about this. But I think I Josh Coates and social team builder fall into that same yes, that coaches need, that coaching. Yes. I think that we need to do another, we need to do a podcast about that. Coaches that coach the coaches. And yes. especially on Josh Coates, because I have, I thought he was great. So we'll just leave it at that. So yeah, I'm going, I have two questions that I want to ask that I ask everybody, but I'm bringing back the funny questions to ask at the end of the podcast, just to lighten up the nice. mood a little bit. So how about, oh, <laughs> this is so stupid. Oh no. What would be the rudest animal if they could talk? Ooh. The rudest and a right? Like I, I have a cat. I love cats, but it would definitely be a cat because they're, they would like your dog. Like you would, if you asked your dog and your cat, how does my outfit look? Your dog would be like, I'm so glad that you look good in it. You look yeah. so happy. And your cat would be like, don't you dare leave the house in that. <laughs> we have dogs and cats. And I swear to you, Bella, she's always side-eyed me. Always side-eyed. And it's yeah. just me. She loves the guys yeah. in the house, but she's always yeah. side eyeing me. All right. What, so funny. <laughs> what is the weirdest food you have ever eaten? Weird. See, and I have a pretty like expanded, like I, I like I'll try anything once. This is probably, it's probably weird to some people that I've had this, but like to me, it just, it tasted like ground beef, but I've had camel before. Yeah. Our like, local butcher, like ground what? camel. Yeah, so our local butcher sells it. And I was like, let's try this and see what it's like. And I made kind of like a Mediterranean platter out of it. So I made like a like the Mediterranean ground, yeah, the koftas basically out of it. 
And it was good. It just tasted like ground meat. Like it was it's just like ground beef or something. Like but I have a whole though. lot of questions. Does he just raise <laughs> to like kill? Him? I don't know. I have no idea where he, no, he doesn't raise them. He gets it from somewhere. Sorry, I have a cramp in my side, yeah. but he gets them from somewhere. I don't know. But yeah, I was like, <laughs> we'll try it. Whatever. <laughs> That's so weird. All right. Yeah. Just because I just finished binge watching the, the Walking Dead, what weapon oh. would you choose in the zombie apocalypse, in a zombie apocalypse? See, I feel like you need two. I feel like you need a, a close range weapon and a long range weapon. And so for my long range weapon, I would want a crossbow because you can go back and get the ammo back if you need to like in Darryl. some cases. Like yeah, it's like Daryl, very much Daryl. Like, and I always feel like I'm like giving the Daryl answer, but honestly, it's the most sensible answer. It's quiet. Yeah. You can get the ammo back sometimes. And for a close range weapon, I would have probably like a hatchet because it's, yes. you can use it for multiple things. So that's kind of my double answer. Cause I feel like you do need both. Yeah. Okay. I love it. All right. So the mm -hmm. final two questions are what, it, would you ever join another MLM? Absolutely not. Never. And what advice would you give to someone who is maybe stumbling across this podcast? potentially thinking of joining an MLM has a hind in their inbox telling them how amazing it is. What advice would you give them about MLM? So I know people always say, oh, do your research, figure it out for yourself, whatever. I would just say, listen, no matter what you're going to do, what you want to do, what feels right to you. But if there is a little voice in your head saying, don't do it, don't do it. That's your right. intuition telling you like not to do it. And at the end of the day, I think you're going to find that you're not going to be, you're not going to be happy with the outcome. So I would not do it. So that's how I would say it, but I want to shout at them and shake them and tell them, don't do it. Don't do it. Honestly, yeah. like start a candle business. That's a better <laughs> use of your money. Let's yeah. start something else. Yeah. Do something like with a physical product yeah. with your money. I cups. Say, do you sell, do you have an Etsy shop on your candle business? Have you set it up? I do. I do have an Etsy shop and I also have, you can buy just regular on the website, which is, I can give it to you if you want. It's lunalumanapothecary.com. Okay. Uh, so you can buy directly from the website or from Etsy. It's always better to buy from the website though, because Etsy charges fees. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I say that because I started an Etsy Some shop. Some people just have Etsy. Yeah. And it's, for me, it's a digital planner, so it's easier. I could do it on a website, which I think I'm transferring it over to a website. So it would actually be better, yeah. but. You also have an Instagram. Do you want to share your business and your personal Instagram? It's completely up to you. Yeah, sure. My personal Instagram is with underscore love underscore Jeanette. I don't, I mostly post my life slash political things. So if you don't like that, then don't like save your peace and don't follow me. So <laughs> I don't want people to follow me and then be like, oh, this is stressing me out. And then, and then my TikTok is actually the same thing. I changed my TikTok to match my Instagram recently okay. because I want, I want to post more like other things on there too, not just yeah. anti-MLM, but I want to keep my anti-MLM content as well. And I do okay. post anti-MLM content on Instagram. And then my business is, I'll give it to you because I can't remember if it's dots or dashes and I don't okay. want to say it wrong. Okay, yeah. that's perfectly fine. That way you can put it in the show notes. Yeah, I definitely will. All right, Jeanette, I appreciate you joining me today. We'll definitely have to reschedule where the link is in my bio to, to yep. schedule a follow-up <laughs> so that we can talk about business coach coaches of coaches. I guess that's how you yes. say it, right? 
coaches that the, coach co the coaching buckets. Yeah, <laughs> the coaches who coach but the coaches to coach. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm so glad to have you. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for doing this. I think you're helping a lot of people. So I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Pam, thank you for joining us on the Call Cheryl Hunt podcast. We hope you found today's episode informative and thought provoking. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating or review. We'll be back next week with another episode, so stay tuned. If you have a story you'd like to share on the show, please do not hesitate to reach out to me at callcherylhun at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at callcherylhun or on my personal Instagram at, at Cheryl S. Spears. We always welcome new voices and perspectives. Again, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time. Until then, take care and stay safe.